episode of Hitting Paydirt by Impact Sports. This is episode number 49, and I'm Alex Beaudry. I hope everyone had a fantastic Easter, or if you don't celebrate Easter, a fantastic weekend with friends and family. Um, I got to spend some time with both sides of both my wife's family and my family yesterday. And my son's three and a half, so watching all of this through his eyes is just a ton of fun. Um, you know, looking for Easter eggs and opening candy and eating candy and toys. And I tell you what, for all you people who are are either young parents or expecting to be parents or want to be parents, the Easter bunny is pushing for (laughs) Santa Claus's reign. (laughs) These grandparents are taking Easter gifts to a whole new level. So be prepared for that. But it was a ton of fun uh, watching, watching him run around with his cousins and looking for eggs and yeah it was a great time so hopefully everyone got to enjoy some time off um and if you didn't get any time off at least hopefully you had a nice weekend hopefully the weather turns i, I it's about 5 40 in the morning on april 18th here in milwaukee and there's snow on the ground uh which is just depressing uh but i guess you know next weekend we're looking at 70 so hopefully it turns around and we can start to enjoy some good weather um, I'm without Mike this weekend edition. I uh, gave him the weekend off for the holidays. So <clears throat> he'll be back next weekend. And then uh, later today, I should be recording a Mock Draft Monday podcast with uh, Brian Klemecki. So we'll touch base with him and uh, we'll finish off round one. We are just about a week and a half away from the draft. A week from this Thursday, round one kicks off. Uh, very excited for it. I can only imagine how the players are feeling. I know as an agent how I'm feeling. You know, my first pro day this year was on March 7th or 8th. And the last pro days were, you know, right around March 25th. And it's been just a lot of waiting, <laughs> letting teams break down their draft boards. You know, if you if you got a client lucky luckily enough, lucky enough excuse me, uh, to, to have a, you know, official visit to a team or doing Zoom interviews, that's got to be exciting um it is exciting you know having teams reach out to you know ask questions about some of these guys but it's uh it's hard it's hard to play the waiting game uh patience isn't my strong suit um i can only imagine from a player's perspective you worked your whole life to get here you're still doing your training you're still working out but yet you're just waiting (laughs) so stay patient everybody and uh you know these guys they're gonna have a lot of them are gonna have their dreams realized in a week and a half and others are going to have to work a little harder and unfortunately it's just the way it goes okay so <clears throat> i figured today would be a good episode to talk about kyler murray and a little bit about lamar jackson because there was a good article on the athletic talking about how lamar jackson's patience in his negotiations with the baltimore ravens may be to his benefit And that's certainly true for Lamar Jackson. So in Lamar's case, he's in that class with um, Baker Mayfield, with Josh Allen, 
Um, those are kind of the big three out of that class. And, you know, Josh Allen got that huge extension. The Bills pretty much locked them up as soon as as soon as they could. And, you know, for the next year, it was, okay, what's Baker going to do and what's Lamar going to do? Well, when we look at the idea of patience in itself, and, and I want to be clear here, there's two sides to a negotiation, right? So when I pick on Baker here, it's not like his team didn't push for an extension. That's not what I'm saying. Um, but patience can go two different ways, and we're seeing that with Lamar Jackson and Baker Mayfield side by side. So in Baker Mayfield's case, patience did not work. Um, you know, Cleveland went and traded for Deshaun Watson. He's now in limbo, sitting there with his fifth-year option for this upcoming year. Um, but he's likely to be traded and or cut, and he's going to have to find a new home. And unfortunately for him, the injuries have really, you know, kind of stunted his, I don't know, maybe stunted his developments too harsh. He hasn't been able to show what he may think he's capable of. And, you know, it's going to hurt him as he looks for his next deal. You know, last fall, um, before kind of the shoulder injuries and other things, I thought he was going to be able to get an extension in that $30, $35 million range. Now I'm not so sure. And if you talk to other people on this podcast, they think he he might be kind of a career backup type quarterback, which uh, certainly hurts your value. You're going from $30 million a year to, you know, Mitch Trubisky got, uh, two for seven and a half million dollars. I mean, that might be Baker Mayfield's market. Um, so you contrast that with Lamar Jackson's, whose patience certainly has paid off, assuming he gets a long-term deal done with the Ravens. Or quite frankly, even if he reaches free agency, you know, as we've seen with Deshaun Watson, being a f- quote-unquote free agent and I understand that Deshaun was not but in a way he had four teams bidding for his services and as a no trade clause he held the cards which led to that deal in Cleveland five years 230 million fully guaranteed and you know they were able to structure it in a way that really protected him on the front end if he is suspended that was all because of essentially free agency so from Lamar's standpoint patience seems to have paid off because now he can use the Deshaun Watson deal as precedent. Now, is he able to get Baltimore to go as far as Cleveland went? Very interesting question. Very interesting question. Baltimore is going to push back and say, look, this isn't this isn't precedent. That's a bad deal that another team made and we're not going to be held to it, which is a fine stance to take. And it's the one that I would take if I were in their shoes. On the other hand, are they really prepared to let Lamar Jackson test the market? Because if he even sniffs free agency, I can tell you that Deshaun Watson deal is going to look is going to look like peanuts because Lamar Jackson doesn't have 22 women accusing him of sexual misconduct. He was an MVP, and Baltimore's offense is pretty much built around Lamar Jackson. So, and his unique skill set. So if if Baltimore wants to play hardball, I don't know how much leverage they have. So in that case, you know, being patient probably really has paid off. He will reset the market. Is he able to get the same average annual value of Aaron Rodgers? Mm. It's kind of the next man up theory. In a sense, he might have 
a case there. In another sense, I would say he's not your you know prototypical pocket passer that's put up the same type of numbers that you know the reigning two-time or you know back-to-back MVP has had uh, over the last couple seasons. But again, Rogers' deal is done. It's now the next man up. Can Lamar push that fifty million mark? Mm, interesting case. So if you look at it in the context of Baker versus Kyler, or excuse me, Baker versus Lamar. Patients kind of went two different ways. So from an agent standpoint, in a way it might make sense to negotiate. You kind of want to be the last guy in your class. So if you look at Herbert versus Burrow, which will be the next one, the next guy's up. As an agent, you might want, if I'm if I'm Burrow's agent, I might want um, Herbert to go first. And then I can up his deal and vice versa. But we also saw with Baker, if you wait too long and you have a bad season, that that really probably hurt his chances. So patience is a very fine line in the NFL. <clears throat> okay, so now I want to talk about Kyler Murray. Now, Kyler Murray was drafted number one overall in the 2019 NFL draft. So... The 2019 draft class only had three quarterbacks drafted. It was Kyler Murray in the first round. Kyler Murray, Daniel Jones, and then Dwayne Haskins. Daniel Jones, uh, you know, we'll see if maybe a change in leadership can help kind of set his career down the right path. So far, at least in my opinion, I don't know if he's lived up to that number six overall pick. Again, New coach, new general management. Um, they have two picks in the top 10. If they can get him some offensive line help, if Saquon can stay healthy, they'll take some pressure off of him. Maybe he's still the guy, but he probably needs at least a, another prove-it year. And then Dwayne Haskins, uh, everybody knows his story, unfortunately, ending in tragedy last week or two weeks ago. Um, so, you know, enough said there. So, really, when it comes to extension candidates because now remember in the NFL rookies cannot renegotiate their deal until after their third season so I think about this in the context of Jonathan Taylor because the running back position is such a hard position on your body you know he had an amazing year last year he cannot renegotiate his deal until after the 2022 season no matter what it's in the CBA so all rookies, they have to play on their rookie deal for at least three years. After the third year, they do have the right to renegotiate, which is where the Kyler Murray stuff is coming up because Kyler Murray finished his third season in 2021, and now he wants a new deal. So, <clears throat> so he's looking at it, look, there's nobody else in my class that's extension eligible or that's going to get a big extension. He's looking at what quarterbacks are getting in the open market or as extension candidates, and he wants a new deal. So, you know, when he was drafted number one overall in 2019, he signed a $35.6 million deal over four years. It's all fully guaranteed. He got a $23,589,924,000 signing bonus. So let's call it $23.6 million. And his base salary 
was 495,000 in 2019. That number has doubled to $965,000 this year. He structured his contract in a way with um, some roster bonuses. Again, there is some flexibility in how cash flow is managed in a rookie contract. However, agents and teams are very limited in what they can do because of the 25% rule, which basically says that a player's cap hit in year one can only increase by 25% over the length of the contract. So Kyler Murray's cap hit this year is $11.3 million. Peanuts for a quarterback. If you look at a cash standpoint, it's even less. He's going to receive $5.5 million in cash this year. Whereas in year one, with the signing bonus, even with the very low base salary, um, he got $24.1 million in cash. So Kyler Murray's going to get $5.5 million this year. He's looking at Deshaun getting $46 million a year in base salary that's fully guaranteed, plus a $44 million signing bonus or whatever it was. He's looking at Aaron Rodgers getting $50 million a year. He's looking at these other guys, and in his first three years, he's been elected to two Pro Bowls. He's saying, okay, it's my turn, and I want that money, and I want it now. The reports that are, you know, pick your favorite media outlet that are coming out saying Kyler Murray will not play without a new deal in place. So he's taking the, him and his agent are taking the, we don't want to be patient, we want to get paid. So I want to talk about that because it may be, looking at where the market is now, it's not a bad idea to strike. I don't know if waiting another year is going to help Kyler Murray, especially with the potential for injury being a smaller quarterback and he loves to use his legs. He's a dynamic player. So prior to this season, his fifth-year option was picked up. So next year, under his fifth-year option, he will get paid $29.7 million. That is all fully guaranteed money. So, you know, next year his his number is still going to skyrocket. However, from Kyler Murray's camp, $29.7 million is a bargain for the Arizona Cardinals. Even with the two Pro Bowls, even with him getting the franchise tag number in his fifth-year option, you know, that's, that's really not much. So he's saying, look, I want to be paid like these other guys. From the Cardinals standpoint, they want to delay the extension as long as possible because teams have shown a way to be competitive is to get a good rookie quarterback on their rookie deal. I mean, we talked about this in the context of Herbert. We've talked about it in the context of Burrow. If you have a guy who's making, uh, who has a cap hit of $11 million who can be a Pro Bowl caliber quarterback, that is a huge advantage over the rest of the league. Once you start have to paying your quarterbacks 45 to $50 million, and that number is only going to continue to rise. In that athletic article on Lamar Jackson, they talked about the average annual value of quarterback contracts at the top level have gone up $4 million per year. So think about where we might be in five years from now. We could have 60 to $70 million quarterback numbers, which is insane, but it's an important position, and the salary cap's only going to continue to rise. Excuse me. 
So, you know, Arizona wants to sit back and wait, not necessarily to give them an, ex- an extension because they might extend them this week, but I can guarantee you that extension is not going to kick in until 2024, whereas Kyler Murray would, you know, much rather sign it immediately because the more contracts you can get, the better. So he would like his extension to kick in, obviously, as soon as possible. So they're going to work that out, and they're going to get into it. You know, it's it's a tough spot to be. If you're Arizona, you drafted Josh Rosen. You gave him one year. That didn't work. You immediately pivot to Kyler Murray. He's producing like you expected him to. Are you really going to risk ruining a relationship with him? They're already doing the social media bickering where they're removing each other on their (laughs) accounts, which is so interesting in today's NFL. Um, Debo Samuel being the next guy up to do that. Um, But are you, are you willing to, you know, have that relationship break down and start that quarterback search all over again? Because that may be where you're headed if you can't come to terms with Kyler Murray. And if you're Kyler Murray, you kind of have to understand where the team's coming from. Not that he cares. He wants to get paid. Uh, it's got to be tough, not only from an ego standpoint, but from a pocketbook standpoint, seeing what other quarterbacks are getting, and you're going to make $5.5 million. I can certainly understand that. Um, but, you know, your team wants to be competitive as well. So we shall see. Um, one correction on the, um, the fifth-year option. I don't know if the Cardinals have picked it up yet. They have until May 3rd, I believe, to exercise that fifth-year option. Again, I can't imagine they wouldn't. If anything, it gives you an extra year of control if they do decide to trade them. Um, Another piece of control that the Cardinals have, if they want to franchise tag them, they can. So, you know, if you're Kyler Murray, you could be locked into the Cardinals at least through 2024 and honestly, if they double tag them like the Cowboys did with Dak Prescott, you could be there through 2025. So it's you know one thing to understand that, yes, quarterbacks have more and more leverage. However, if the Cardinals want to play hardball with the franchise tag and the fifth-year option, they could have Kyler Murray through 2025 without ever having to renegotiate a deal. So that's what Kyler Murray's up against. Okay, let's talk about this in the context of him holding out because that's kind of been where this is heading, right? I'm not going to play, if this is Kyler Murray's words, not mine, I'm not going to play unless I get a new contract. What does that look like? Holding out in the post-2020 CBA is impossible. shouldn't say that. It's expensive is a better way of saying that. It is extremely expensive. Now, I've talked about on this podcast with Mike and others, you know, does he do the hold-in route? That's what Deshaun did. Um, That's what others have done, Jamal Adams. Hey, I will show up to camp. However, hey, my hamstring's tight, I can't play. Hey, my shoulder hurts, I can't play. Hey, this, that, the other thing, whatever it might be. I'm here, but I don't want to get fined. Maybe you see that. However, if the team's medical staff clears him to play, and he starts choosing to miss time, things could get very expensive very quickly. So I wanted to talk about holding out in the context of 
Murray's contract and just show the average fan why I don't think we will ever see another holdout in the NFL. Okay, so I talked about Murray's contract. It was a four-year, $35.6 million deal with a $23.6 million signing bonus. The exact amount is $23,589,924. Okay, so that signing bonus proration is $5,897,481 per year. So let's call it $5.9 million per year that's attributed to his signing bonus. If Kyler Murray misses six preseason days, so the start of camp's always at the end of July, if he misses six preseason days, he will have to forfeit 15% of that $5.9 million signing bonus proration. So he will have to pay that back to the Arizona Cardinals. That amount is 884622000 Okay, so that's just six days. That's less than a week. So if he doesn't show up within six days, he forfeits 15% of that signing bonus proration. It's then an additional 1% for each day after that, up to a total of 25%. So that's an additional 58,974,000 per day. If he goes the full 25%, so he he misses an additional 10 days after that first six days, that 25% is $1.4 million that he would owe back. He would have to break out break out his checkbook and write a check to the Arizona Cardinals for $1.4 million. Furthermore, under the club discipline levels, because he's a drafted rookie, he can be fined up to $40,000 per day. For all of you paying for following along at home, if you're a veteran, that number increases to fifty thousand dollars per day, and in certain cases, you can be fined one week's salary for every preseason game missed. So, on top of giving back signing bonus money, he would be fined forty k per day, and that's a mandatory fine. It's in the CBA; teams cannot waive it. They would have to find him forty thousand dollars per day that he misses. We will never see another holdout ever again in the NFL, not with these numbers, okay? So, you know, does he do the hold-in route? Does he decide to go back and play baseball? I mean, I think that's probably the bigger thing that the Arizona Cardinals are worried about is him just stepping away from the game. But in terms of, you know, Kyler Murray saying, I'm never going to play again unless I get a new contract, he is facing an uphill battle, and maybe it's just posturing right now. We're still a long ways away from the start of training camp. Um, but he doesn't have a ton of leverage when it comes down to the end of July and training camp's getting ready to kick off because the more he misses, I mean, it's expensive. $40,000 a day. Plus, you know, if he misses, he gets that full 25% penalty, you know, that's $1.4 million that he's going to have to owe back to the Arizona Cardinals. Furthermore, if he misses week one of the regular season, that's another $1.4 million. Now we're up to $2.8 million that he owes back in signing bonus money back to the Arizona Cardinals in forfeitable salary. So I don't think holding out is a legitimate option. Now maybe he retires and he goes plays plays baseball. Fine. I don't know if that's what he wants to do. Probably not. 
Um, but that's what him and the Arizona Cardinals are f- going to have to figure out, and his agent's going to have to figure out with the Cardinals. And hopefully, you know, from their standpoint, they can reach a long-term deal. Um, but I think the Cardinals, even if they extend him, they're not going to want that extension likely to start until the 2024 season. I, I think they pick up their option. Even if you extend him, you kick it out. Maybe they can appease him by giving him, you know, a $40 million signing bonus. They can spread that out over five years. And then his base salary will jump in 2024. That's what other quarterbacks have done. Um, interesting stuff. Um, he, I think Kyler Murray might be the first one to really test this new leverage after Deshaun Watson. Maybe it's Lamar Jackson. Maybe that's why they still haven't... Uh, sign a deal with Baltimore. But I think Kyler's going to be the first one to test it. He seems to be the one most determined to do it. Uh, and, you know, that's where that's that's kind of where him and his team are heading. So we'll see. We'll see what time has. Um, you know, the draft's in a week and a half. It'll be interesting to see what the Cardinals do there. Um, you know, do they get him some help? Do they draft his replacement? <laughs> All interesting stuff. As a Packer fan, I feel for Cardinals fans because we had to deal with the upset quarterback thing last year. So I know what Cardinals fans are going through. It's tough. But at the same time, you haven't had a quarterback in a while since, well, Kurt Warner. And now you got a young guy who can play. He's been to two Pro Bowls in his first three seasons. He's probably worth the money. It's just the Cardinals, do they want to pay him now? Do they want to wait and see? Hmm. All that good stuff. All I know is from an agent standpoint, on the outside looking in, obviously I don't know Kyler or his agent or, quite frankly, uh, what the Cardinals are thinking in this standpoint. I can understand both sides, how each side is coming at this. And, you know, Kyler Murray, while he has a ton of leverage, because I do not think the Cardinals want to watch him in another uniform or even watch him step away from the game of football. He does have an uphill battle because the CBA does give teams, you know, some leverage. If they, if the Cardinals really want to, you know, quote unquote, stick it to him, they could control him for at least the next three years. And if they double tag him, it could be through the next four years. Um, the only good news for Kyler Murray, if that is the case, is. It's all fully guaranteed money, but it's certainly not record-setting deals, which is probably what he wants to be. He probably wants to be a top-paid quarterback, understandably so. Um, but the Cardinals probably want to push that off as long as they can to remain as competitive as they can and keep you know Kyler Murray's cap hit as low as possible. So um, we'll see what happens. I hope everybody found this you know episode to be insightful, kind of what's going on in the world of quarterbacks. Um, yeah, and like I said, multiple times now we'll we'll, uh, we'll see where the cookie crumbles, and you know maybe we have a new highest paid quarterback here, maybe not, and if it does get to whether or not he's going to hold out, that's going to be fascinating to watch because I've predicted multiple times we'll never have another holdout, and if Kyler Murray's the one to break that, I would be shocked, but maybe, but maybe he is. So again, hopefully you found this all insightful. Um, we'll have a mock draft Monday episode coming up here later today. That'll be released tomorrow. So check that out. And then we'll get Mike back next weekend. 
uh, to break down other news and notes. And then it's draft time, baby. We are we are getting there. It's going to be a wild draft. I've as a fan, I could not be more excited. Of course, as a first year agent, it'll be fun, you know, to see where my guys end up afterwards. And I'm very excited for that. But as a fan of the first round, this draft can go in so many different directions. It's the most excited I've been for a draft in a long time. You know, it, it goes all the way up to pick number one. You know, last year it was pretty much tank for Trevor. This year, I think there's three, four, five guys that could go, all legitimately go number one overall. It's going to be great to watch. It's going to be great entertainment. Um, you know, the NFL is still king. I'd be curious to see what their draft ratings are versus like NBA playoffs. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but that's why they get to pay their players and salary cap keep, continues to go up because they are a marketing genius and TV must watch material. So thanks again for listening, everybody. And we'll talk to you all next week. Bye. Love.